This episode is supported by Active Skin Repair. Active Skin Repair is a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. I just randomly... Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue and he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him and it was getting kind of like icky and you know like when kids start to get like little scabs and scratches and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse and so active skin repair showed up on my doorstep as a result of the sponsorship and I got to put it to use immediately and I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation and then also the spray and the spray was perfect so Vinny does not like ointmenty creamy lotiony things on his body but I was able to get out the spray literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived put it on his toe before he went to bed and the next morning he was like mom my toe's all better. It was literally like this super amazing cure that helped his toes so quickly. So you can use active skin repair on a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, other types of skin damage. It's totally safe, non-toxic, suitable on all types of skin, even parts of the body where you might have rosacea or eczema or have acne prone skin. This is also safe for the youngest members of your family up to the oldest. So now you have one simple solution for your family's skin health needs. With over 500 thousand happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients active skin repair is something that you want to have on hand for your family so to get your own active skin repair go to activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and get 20 percent off your order when you use the code shameless that's activeskinrepair.com use the code shameless for 20 percent off your order activeskinrepair.com code shameless This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 718. Show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned in the episode, can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 718. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean. I'm here to give you and other passionate, driven, unapologetic moms tools, resources, and a little bit of humor to help you lead more positive, powerful, and purposeful lives every damn day. One of the best things about the Shameless Mom Academy is our community. So be sure to join us in our free private Facebook group to connect with other shameless moms just like you. You can find us over at shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook. All right, let's dive into today's episode. Hello, shameless moms. Happy Monday. This is my first time hitting record in 2023. And so I am going to give you a quick check in and like reality check, I think (laughs) that 2023 is off to like a sticky start. It's only the third, (laughs) so I'm optimistic, but I am not feeling rested and refreshed and rejuvenated coming off of our break. And it's funny, as I talk to other moms, none of you are either. (laughs) And I think it has to do with a whole lot of things. But maybe it's because the way that winter breaks are set up, they're just not nourishing for moms. (laughs) They just really aren't. Our break was a lot of hustle. And what's so funny and ironic about it, and I think why I feel so tired is because I was so intentional around planning downtime and time off and like time to rest and recover and not have obligations. And somehow that just didn't happen at all, (laughs) kind of through a myriad of random, very random circumstances. And as I've kind of shared a little bit over the last couple of weeks as things have gone down, but I think that I'm realizing that whether or not you had random circumstances due to like family emergencies or interrupted, disrupted, upheaval travel plans because of national weather systems, et cetera, 
it's just a season where there's a lot of showing up like in your mom role, even if you're not having to work. And then I also know that a lot of you are also having to work during that time too. Myself included, I had to check in on some work things for sure over the couple weeks. And so it just felt really hectic. So I'm feeling really tired (laughs) as I start off this new year. And I asked on Instagram today as a little check-in, like, how are you all feeling? How are you doing? And I'm just, everything's being mirrored back at me. Like, oh my gosh, so tired. This is a hard season. Send prayers. Like, So I'm just letting you know, I'm with you. I hear you. It feels like a lot. And I think part of the reason it feels like a lot, as I've talked about over the last couple of weeks, is because there's this like cultural expectation that we should be ready to go and refreshed and like excited come January 1st. So when you don't feel that, there's two pieces. There's the like, oh, I don't feel ready. And then there's the like, but does everybody else? And that doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good to feel like you're the one who is behind or you're the one that like didn't do your winter break right, quote unquote. And so you're really exhausted and fit instead of feeling refreshed. So I'm going to invite you today to quit three things. This is going to be all about three things for moms to quit in 2023. And I hope that this gives you a little bit of a refresh, a little bit of a shift in mindset, and just a little bit of hope and peace so that you can continue to move through this month, through this season, or even if you're listening to this later in the year, through this just day that you are living in today in a way that feels good to you, giving yourself permission to do whatever you need to do or not do whatever you don't need to do or want to do today um, in order to get through whatever it is you're going through right now. I've done episodes like this before, talking through invitations and opportunities for you to quit things. And I love doing these kinds of episodes because I think that even when we are conscientious about quitting things and giving things up and saying no to things and drawing lines in the sand and building better boundaries and all those things, I think that we still, over time, let things creep back in or return to old habits or just start overextending ourselves for various reasons and in various seasons because for all sorts of reasons. And sometimes it starts off feeling like something that's positive and something that's helpful and maybe something that's even you know, makes your soul sing a little bit. But then those things sometimes can become too much. And so like a volunteer gig, for example, might feel really great for six months. And then you're like, oh my gosh, why am I still doing this? Like this is taking too much of my time. So I think it's important to check in every now and then to just think through and process like, what do I need to quit right now? What's not working out for me anymore? What maybe did work out for me at one point that's no longer working out? Or what are the things that I'm quietly settling for or quietly accepting that I am just like unwilling to continue accepting? As we move through the three things I'm going to invite you to quit today, I want to remind you that I have coming up on January 23rd, our fifth annual plan, plan a prep pajama party. And this is for those of you who like me, who like everyone else I'm talking to have entered this month feeling like, how did we get here? Where are we going? I don't know which way is up, but I feel like I should have it all figured out for the whole year. And I don't even have it figured out for like what's for dinner tonight. So if you want to join me for the plan and prep pajama party, just go to shamelessmom.com slash pajama party. That's shamelessmom.com slash pajama party. I'm gathering with a bunch of shameless moms on Monday, January 23rd in the evening. It's all virtual. It's super fun. It's low key, but very productive. And you leave really clear on what your goals are for the year, no matter how ambitious or not ambitious you want them to be, as well as really specific action steps that you're going to take to 
rise up and meet those goals. So some people are setting like big career goals and other people are setting goals around the things they want to quit and around how to make more room on their plate and around how to rest and relax more. So whatever your goals are, anywhere on that spectrum, there's a place for you at the Plan and Prep Pajama Party where you can really dig into whatever it is you want to accomplish year, this year in a way that feels really good to you. This episode is supported by Mysteries About True Histories, a podcast for your kiddos. So from the creators of the hit podcast, Who Smarted, and Netflix's Brainchild comes the adventurous world of mysteries about true histories, affectionately known as math. Every episode follows Max and Molly, who have just been recruited into a secret order of problem solvers on an adventure through time packed with puzzles, hidden equations, history, and laughs, making learning cool. This podcast is perfect for ages six and up, and new episodes drop every Thursday, each stacked with so much laughter that your kiddos won't even realize how much they're learning. I love a show where, as a parent, you're like, hey, let's listen or watch this or whatever, and your kids are thinking they're like getting extra device time or what have you, and you're like, they're learning right now. So it feels like such a big win. So I want you to go check out Mysteries About True Histories wherever you listen to podcasts. You can tune into Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, wherever you're listening to this podcast. So go check out Mysteries About True Histories to listen in and have some fun with your kid while they learn today. This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you wanna worry about, but unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you gotta check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing, and they remove 50 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters, and they're specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean. It feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like, keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. So now is an invitation for three things for you to quit for 2023. Let's dig into number one. One of my favorite things to talk about, and I think I referenced it last week as well, is human giver syndrome. So human giver syndrome is this really interesting, fascinating 
fascinating because it's like too true concept brought forth by Amelia and Emily Nagoski, the authors of their two sisters who wrote the book Burnout. And they talk about human giver syndrome, especially as it relates to women. And so human giver syndrome is this idea that and this not just idea, this movement that women overgive and overdo and overproduce and overprove themselves constantly. And we do this without even realizing we're doing it. We do it even when we're conscientious of human giver syndrome. We still do it as I'm like raising my hand as someone who's been conscientious of it for a couple of years now and still does it all the time, where we cannot help but to people please and appease others at our own expense over and over and over again. And this then ultimately leads to burnout, which is what their whole entire book is about. And it's a fascinating read because it's just all so relatable. And like, it's so relatable, but it's tied to research and data that is kind of mind blowing. And it helps you see the lives that we lead from this outside view where you're like, holy cow, I didn't know I was doing a lot of those things. And now what do I want to do differently? So when we look at human giver syndrome and what we want to quit in 2023, I'm going to invite you to quit overgiving, overproducing, overdoing and overproving. So that's going to look different for you maybe on any given day. And it's going to look different for you in different contexts. And so I know one of the things I'm really focusing on in parenting is being conscientious of the things that I don't need to do for my child anymore. He is 10 years old. He's quite capable. He's quite smart. He's quite able-bodied. And there's a lot of things that he can do now that I don't need to do. So I don't need to overdo for him to the same extent that I used to, but I, out of habit, and just like by virtue of being a mom and like doing things because they're faster to do myself, what have you, I find myself overdoing for him. And so I'm trying to conscientiously be like, hey, dude, I'm not doing that for you. You can do that. An example is when I hear him getting snacks in the kitchen, I want to run in and do it for him because I don't want him to make a mess that I'm going to have to clean up. And instead, I'm having to be thoughtful like, hey, get yourself a bowl of pretzels. And also, if you get pretzels on the ground and then step on them and make crumbs, you need to sweep them up. This is quite a departure from a year ago where I would have gotten the pretzels for him or even a month or two ago where he would maybe get the pretzels. He would leave the crumbs on the floor and then I would sweep them up for him. So what are the capacities in your life where you are overdoing things for people in little ways like that, that you don't need to do anymore? And then also in bigger ways where maybe in a work environment or in a relationship, you're just constantly showing up in bigger ways than you need to. And it's completely exhausting you. This can happen when we are caretaking, not just our children, but also caretaking our parents. It can happen in a work environment where we feel like we have to constantly prove ourselves in order to either maintain our position or prove that we're ready for the next position. I've had so many clients I've worked with over the years who have as they've wanted to poise themselves for a new role or a promotion, have taken on not only their normal everyday work, but have also decided to add various layers to their work to prove that they're ready for the next thing, which is just ultimately a whole bunch of overworking and really like burning yourself out and exhausting yourself before you even get the thing that you want. Because we're trying to prove ourselves. We're trying to prove that like, hey, look, I can do all this and all this. Like, look how much more I can put on my plate. And this is how worthy and valuable I am. And this is how I can commodify what I can give to this organization. But the end result, the net result is that they get a whole lot out of you at your own expense of typically rest, mental health, physical health, and in some cases, where we really have to look at, well, what's the ultimate benefit here? Like who's really benefiting? And 
is it worth it? And will you actually get the thing you're gonna you want out of it? Or will you just continue to be used by an organization who's more than happy to take 150% of your effort every single day that you show up? <laughs> and so that's the first thing I'm inviting you to quit is overgiving, overproducing, overdoing and overproving. And if you are a high achiever, you're probably someone who does this quite a bit. If you're someone that's going after something new, you probably are doing some of this. And sometimes we do this to get through a season to get the next thing. And there's nothing wrong with that. But when we become a little callous to it, and we don't recognize that we're continuing to do it, and we don't recognize that we're starting to get tired from it, that's where it can catch up with us. I know that by the end of our winter break, I had just had to overdo and overgive in a bunch of different capacities. And I got to this point where I was like, oh my God, I'm so tired. I just want to lay in bed for three days because I was just running around doing different things for different people and having to kind of show up in ways I hadn't expected. And there was a toll for that. Now, while it was all happening, I was happy to be there and happy to be of service and happy to be helpful in a whole bunch of different ways. But at the end of it, I was like, okay, like mama needs a nap. (laughs) And so I did do that one day. Then he went to a movie with friends and I was like, okay, the house is quiet. I'm going to lay in bed and watch like three episodes of Real Housewives of Salt Lake City and love every single stinking minute of it. So letting yourself have those moments to rest and recover and recognize like I am coming off of a season of overdoing and here's what I need to do to catch up. And sometimes that catch up isn't just like one three hour TV binge. It can be sometimes needing to happen over a longer period of time. It might be many TV binge sessions, or it might be many weekends of restoration, not just one little rest. The second thing I'm going to invite you to quit in 2023 is setting goals based on other people's opinions or choices. It is so easy to watch what other people are doing in a new year and then be like, oh, I'm going to do that too, or that's what I should do. In fact, I caught myself this morning on LinkedIn and my first time on LinkedIn in 2023, and I immediately saw things other people were doing and was like, oh, I should do that too. Oh, that's what I should do with my business. And I caught myself because I have not done a lot of goal setting for this year, very intentionally, I don't do goal setting before the new year. And I take all of the month of January to kind of figure myself out and figure my life out and figure my year out. And I caught myself in this moment of like taking notes from other people whose lives are not my life. But thinking like, oh, they have it all figured out. So I should do that thing. Like kind of even wanting that easy way out that like, oh, someone else figured this out. So I'll just like take their template. And no one else's template is going to work for me. So I had to quickly realize, okay, hold on. Scrolling on LinkedIn right now, it's actually not a good move for you. First thing on your first day back after the holidays, like post the thing you're going to post and get out of there. Similarly, found myself on Instagram yesterday and I was noticing, so I'm going to talk a little bit about health resolutions, but I'm someone who has not had a health resolution in, I mean, like 15 years, maybe so many years because I, even when I had my fitness business and so many people came to me with new year's resolutions, I was someone who was not big into health and wellness resolutions in the traditional sense. And when I say in the traditional sense, I mean like weight loss goals and things like that. But I definitely was into health-based resolutions that were more about like drinking more water or just moving your body and like eating, you know, more green vegetables and maybe less Christmas cookies if Christmas cookies happen to make you feel like crap. So I have been aware of just kind of shifting choices. So yesterday I ended up on Instagram and of course it was January 2nd and there's all these people like, you know, calling out their, what they're going to give up for the new year or take on and what have you. And there was a couple different people who I follow who are not like fitness influencer people, 
just random women on the internet who posted pictures in like shorts and sports bra as kind of like this like January 1st accountability picture. Here's what I look like now and I'll be posting again in X amount of days or whatever because I'm like doing this health thing, whatever. And I immediately was like, uh, unfollow. Like I cannot. I am so triggered by anyone who wants to talk about their abs on Instagram or anyone who wants to post a before and after picture. Like I, I cannot, I just cannot, cannot. If that is exciting to you and that makes you feel good about your life, have at it. I do not find that to be the case for like 99% of women. And I find it demeaning and degrading and that it just really interferes with my mental health if I'm seeing that. So I yesterday was like, I don't want to have that influence on January 2nd. So unfollow, unfollow, unfollow. Like I am not here to see people talk about their bodies and six packs on January 2nd. I will also say that the couple of these photos that I saw were from people who are really conventionally living in thin bodies. And that piece, because of the work that I've done in terms of wanting to be an ally in the talking about fat phobia and anti-fat bias and all those kinds of things, I am just like so critically and crucially aware of the things that people say and the impact that they have, which makes it all the more really deeply troubling to me when there's a conventionally thin person sharing body photos on social media. I just think it's a symptom of what that person has been through and witnessed. But I think that it's also a big symptom of a lot of damage in our culture. And it's really hard for me to see. So with that said, I unfollowed a handful of folks because I was like, I just, that's not what I want to see first thing in the year. I'm not going to set goals based on other people's choices around that. Another thing that I want to encourage you for in this same one here is that you're not setting goals based on other people's career moves or other people's career aspirations. And so I think that sometimes in a new year or a new season, we can be really conscientious of what other people are doing and think that that's the next right step for us. And so I was actually just on a call today with someone who was telling me the things that she's doing in her business this year. And she's like, Sarah, she's like, here's what I see what you have in your business. I think you'd be a really great candidate for this. And she was like telling me these things. And sure, some of them might work great in my business. She's like, here's what I see with the people that you serve and the size of audience that you have. I think you could do this thing in 2023. I think it would work really well for your community. I think your people would love it. I think you'd be really good at it. And as she's telling me this, I was just like, "Uh uh-huh. Yeah, there's no way I'm doing that. (laughs) And so, and I told her, I was like, "Mm, I don't know, like that's something I thought about before. And it's just, I don't think it's the right fit for me. I'm, I'm not super lit up by that idea. I think it works really well for other people. It's just not the right fit for me. So I was not gonna let myself be influenced by her, even though she had some valid points. I had to be clear on, here's, the really specific direction I want to move. And it is kind of at odds with that suggestion. And so I'm going to let that idea just float by with a like, oh, okay, thanks, but no thanks kind of attitude, rather than taking someone else's opinion and then second guessing myself or making a big shift based on what someone else thinks from an outsider perspective. And you have the right to do that same thing. You have the right to see what other people are doing or take other people's suggestions and keep moving. You don't have to stop and do what other people are doing or take other people's suggestions as any sort of truth or indication of what you should be doing for yourself professionally. And I think that piece is really, really important when we think about a new year and thinking about bigger goals and kind of like, what do I want to do over the next year or even the next five years? Making sure that you are 
thinking through things that make sense and have meaning for you. And that might be really different than things that make sense and have meaning for other people. Or the things that make sense and have meaning for other people might sound like they could be good for you, but might not actually make sense and have meaning for you. And so having that level of discernment can be really, really important. The third thing I'm going to say about setting goals based or not based on other people's opinions or choices, this is kind of a funny one. So I had this moment on January 1st, we did the polar bear plunge, which we do every year in at Golden Gardens Park in Seattle. And it's we dive, we run and jump into Puget Sound, which is the freaking ocean. It's really, really cold. So it was that day that morning, I think it was like 44 degrees out. And it was actually considerably warmer than other years when we've done this event. So I actually I was like, this doesn't even feel that bad. I think the water temperature year round is around 46 degrees, if I'm not mistaken. I don't quite remember. But anyway, all I know is the water is super, super cold. The outside air was like not as cold as other years when we've done it when there's actually been snow on the ground, which felt like a huge gift. So we go and we do this event. My husband's sick, so he can't do it. It's just Vinny and I, which I was so glad Vinny still did it because I don't know if I would have done it just by myself. So Vinny and I do it. We get in the water, we come out, we start taking some pictures because we have to document it every year, right? Like this is the Facebook post and it goes in our family photo album every year. And so all of our polar bear plunge photos. So we take a couple pictures and my husband takes these pictures of Vinny and I and I'm like, holy cow, what happened to my eyes? (laughs) What is going on? My eyes have just, I think it's just going to be like, I'm letting it be a testament to 2022 being a real hard year. But I mean, it's not just crow's feet. It's like hooded eyelids, which I was genetically blessed with. It's like my right eye is just like drooping down to my cheek. It's, this is the most horrendous photo of me I've ever, one of them in particular was like the most horrendous photo of me I've ever seen. And I can take it with a grain of salt that like, yeah, it's just a bad photo. But also I was like, oh my gosh. So I immediately, when I got home, texted two different friends to be like, hey, so I have some Botox curiosity. (laughs) So one of the things I'm looking into in 2023 is Botox. And I feel like it's important to talk about it because I don't think that we should have shame. I think it's okay to be curious about these things. I think if we want to do things to our body, we absolutely can and should if they are meaningful to us. So many of you know, number a few years ago, I had a breast reduction, which I maintain was one of the best things I ever did for myself. And so I'm like, 2023 might be the year of Botox for me. (laughs) I'm just exploring options right now. I'm doing some data collection. But here's the thing. Like, you might be like, that's horrible that I would never do that. And that's totally fine. I'm not saying you should. And also, I'm not looking at other people who do Botox and fillers and saying, like, I want to dive in to do that and do all of that and look like a real housewife because I really, really don't. But I also... I'm looking at pictures of myself next to my 84-year-old mother, and her eyes have aged more gracefully than mine, and I'm 47. (laughs) So, I mean, I might want to do something about it. This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily. It's very digestible. And the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Utube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, 
IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around, like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explained. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. So when we're looking at goals for a new year and what's meaningful to us, let's make it meaningful to us and not make it meaningful to someone else. Give yourself permission to quit the things that aren't working for you. And sometimes quitting doing things based on other people's opinions or choices opens up the door for us to explore a whole lot of other things. So consider where can you quit setting goals based on other people's opinions or other people's choices or other people's dreams or ambitions in order to do the things that you want to do. So I think it's totally fine that for me, if I'm not going to care about other people's opinions, then I might just go do some Botox this year. Cool, right? I don't need to worry that other people might think that that's a really horrible idea and might want to give me all kinds of feedback on that. I don't really care. (laughs) That is, I'm not asking for feedback. I'm not asking for input. I'm not asking for validation or approval or acceptance or anyone else to co-sign on this. I'm just letting it be up to me. And when you can quit setting goals based on other people's opinions, input, validation, acceptance, or choices, then all of a sudden you get to do the things that make the most sense to you and that are the most meaningful to you and that light you up and lift you up in the ways that you want to be lit up. So that's number two. Number three, the third thing for you to quit in 2023 is quiet acceptance of old school norms. And I think you're going to enjoy this one because I have some fun examples. (laughs) So quiet acceptance of old school norms. I want you to think through what are the things that you have quietly accepted because they've maybe always been there or sometimes it's just easier to like do things with rather than putting up a fight. I mean, the pretzel example is a great example. Like it was it is still easier for me to just go get pretzels when Vinny wants pretzels for a snack than to listen to him in the kitchen And I hear like the bowls clanking and I hear things spilling on the floor and I hear things like pretzels getting stepped on and mashed up. And then I hear Piper running up the stairs and like I hear all these things happening and I'm like, oh, my God, I should have just gone and gotten the pretzels myself. Right. So there's this the quiet acceptance of old school norms. It's like just when we let things happen, 
rather than changing them. So when we think of through old school norms, I want you to think about the things that you quietly accept that benefit other people that do not benefit you. I'm going to say that again. The things that you quietly accept that benefit other people but do not benefit you. So an example would be potentially work days that last from eight to five. I had a conversation I've actually had this conversation a number of times this year, but I had it just right before the holiday break, a conversation with someone who was saying that they are in a job now that works for them because the norm in this position is that they can work between 9 and 2.30 when their kids are in school. And then from like 2.30 to 4.30, they're off the clock. Like they're doing pickup and taking kids to sports practice and just doing like mom stuff. And then from like 4.30 to 6, they're back on for a little bit. And so they have established new norms. And that's what makes this job work for them. When we have quiet acceptance of old school norms that a workday should always last from 8 to 5, who gets hurt in that? It's moms over and over and over again. It is moms, right? It is families trying to navigate childcare and drop off and pick up and practices and all sorts of chaos. If employers were to shift their norms around work hours, oh my goodness, what could happen? So what would happen if we stopped quietly accepting this old school norm that a workday needs to be from eight to five? What if a workday could be from nine to 2.30 and from four to six? What if a workday could be from six to 7 a.m. and then nine to two and then four to five? There's so many ways that we can get work done in any given day. And there's so many different ways that different people are productive. And even if you're not a mom, you might be someone who's like productive from 4 a.m. to noon. In fact, I know a number of people like this who are really productive from like 4 a.m. to noon or 5 a.m. to 1 or 2 and then done for the day. Or you might be someone who's like, I do my best work between 10 p.m. and 2 a.m. More power to you. So quiet acceptance of old norms keeps us in situations that benefit certain people and not others. And when we look at the workday, it's moms who get the short end of the deal. Another example of this is quiet acceptance of old school norms around moms should participate and volunteer in the PTA while dads should coach the sports. So one of my favorite things about co-chairing the parent association with uh, this year at my son's school and last year is that I'm doing it with a dad. And I think that it just adds this whole other layer to the dynamic when it's a mom and a dad standing up there where there's two different genders represented, where there's two different roles. And there's it's just really interesting how different opinions come up and how we talk through things and how we can represent in different ways and who we can represent in different ways. I had a mom friend who wanted to coach a sports team, her son's sports team a few months ago. And when she put her name out there, they because they said they were looking for people, she put her name out there and they replied. And first she got this reply that was like, yeah, we'd love to have you. And then pretty quickly after that got a reply that was like, never mind, we got it covered. And when we all showed up for the beginning of the sports season, it was all dads coaching, which is pretty typical, like boys being coached by males, right? Well, how cool would it be if dads were leading the parent association and moms were coaching boys sports? Quiet acceptance of old school norms keeps really gendered roles 
in our kids' activities and in our schools in a way that isn't necessarily benefiting our kids and also maybe not benefiting us. Like I know some moms who could do some badass sports coaching and I know some dads who can do some badass parent association leading or PTA leading. Another quiet acceptance of old school norms is that dinner should happen every night. This is maybe my favorite one. So you've all heard me talk for years now, for 10 years now, about how I get really mad that dinner has to happen every night. Because why? (laughs) Because mama is tired and mama doesn't want to make dinner. So what if you decided in 2023, dinner doesn't have to happen every night? What if you stopped quietly accepting that old school norm? So instead, maybe it's breakfast for dinner where you pull out leftover pancakes. Like we make a big batch of Kodiak pancakes once a week. Maybe you have some Kodiak cakes for for dinner. What if instead of having dinner every night, one night a week, you do snack plates where it's just plates full of snacks, like charcuterie board style for the family. What if one night a week, kids make dinner instead of mom? What if one night a week, it's like open the fridge, fend for yourselves, find some leftovers. So now I know depending on ages of kids and everything, this would look different for everyone. But what if we stopped quietly accepting that dinner happens every night and we're in charge of it? (laughs) A lot of things could shift, right? So I want you to think about where can you quit quietly accepting old school norms that are benefiting others at your cost or not benefiting others and not benefiting you? So those are my three things for you to quit. When you come to the Plan and Prep Pajama Party on January 23rd, I know many of you are signed up. And if you want to sign up, you can do that at shamelessmom.com slash pajama party. When you come to the Plan and Prep Pajama Party on January 23rd, we will be talking through what it looks like to quit things and what it looks like to formulate goals and dream and scheme in ways that allow you to do the things you want to do and fill your plate with the things you want to fill your plate with, not someone else's goals and dreams and ambitions, not overgiving and overdoing and overproving yourself this year, not quietly accepting the way things always have been done to benefit others at your expense, but really imagining what you want this year to look like and how you want to show up this year and how you want to do things this year in a way that benefits you and centers your needs and desires and dreams. So I will be back here on Wednesday with a really fun interview with my friend Casey Davidson McGuire, who is going to be talking about dry January. Oh my goodness, I love the work that Casey's doing. If you are sober curious, if you have friends that are sober or sober curious, you want to talk or hear through hear about anything related to sobriety and just kind of questions around sobriety in the new year, Casey is your gal. So come back on Wednesday for that conversation. And then hopefully I'll also see you on January 23rd for the Plan and Prep Pajama Party at shamelessmom.com slash pajama party. And I will until then be behind the scenes working hard on all the rest of this fun, exciting content for 2023. Thank you so much for joining me in the Shameless Mom Academy today. I really, really appreciate you being here and I hope you learned something new. As always, this conversation will be continued over in our free private Facebook group. You can join that group by going to shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook to connect with other shameless moms just like you. Additionally, if this is your first time listening to the show, know that we are here every Monday and Wednesday with a brand new episode. So make sure you subscribe, go to whatever podcast app you use and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. You can do that directly if you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review that will put you in Apple Podcasts where you can click on the subscribe button and you can also leave a review. If you scroll down a little bit, you can leave a five-star review. You can write a few sentences letting me know what you thought about the show. If you let me know how the show has impacted you in becoming a more shameless mom, you might be nominated to be shameless mom of the week. 
Also, please share this episode. My goal is to help more mamas be more shameless every damn day. So please do share this episode. You can take a screenshot of the episode on your phone and then share it out on social media. Tag me at the Shameless Mom Academy on Facebook or Instagram. I'm quick to reply and eager to send you Facebook love and love to be connected to all of you. So again, thank you for being here. I can't wait to be back here again with you in just a couple days. And until then, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly. Well, hey there, busy mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it but I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free.